0: X-Men Get Come on. Hey everyone and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your Weekly X-Men Podcast where we rank every story
1: from to Z. I'm Adam. And I'm the bad boy of X-Men podcasting, Zach Jenkins. Hey, Adam. Hey, how you doing? I'm, I'm excited. We're still in our attitude era, right?
0: We are in our attitude era. Can I get a hell yeah?
1: Hell yeah. I'm very excited.
0: Thank you for joining us in our attitude era. And because we're in our attitude era, I figured that we should bring in a special guest who has more attitude than anyone I've met <laughs> in my life. <laughs> you may know him from works on uh, comic dot or ComicsXF. It's Tony Thornley. Tony, hi.
1: Hello. How are you guys tonight? Terrific. Thank you for uh, being here and, and joining us. Yes, I'm excited. Finally. <laughs> See, okay, oh, finally, here we go. There's some this. bitterness.
2: Some no bitterness. bitterness. <laughs> I, I showed up. I showed up <laughs> on what episode two hundred? That
0: some is true. People, wait, did he? I.
1: Everybody not, was on. It's 200. not
0: that I don't believe you. It's just that that was a year and a half two and a half years ago it was a while ago it was a spell and i don't remember what happened i can i if you would have said you showed up on episode 300 i would be like did he okay <laughs> <laughs> i don't remember who's been. that's so that i'll tell you legitimately this is behind the scenes for all of our listeners that's the problem with uh having a bunch of friends who are all in this space and some of which have been on the podcast and which haven't sometimes i
1: sit around and say wait Is this person just my friend or have they been on my podcast? I honestly don't know. So Tony has wanted to come on for a while. He did have a cameo on 200 and we're very excited. We did write
0: down that Tony wanted to come on and then we forgot to look at that (laughs) list for some time.
1: See, we're terrible friends, Tony. So you're here finally. Thank you for being here. Yes, of course. Zach, we're back to a request this week, right?
0: We are back to a request this week. It's not Tony's request. Uh, it is Patreon supporter Paul Frampton. If you want to be like Paul, you can go over to patreon.com slash Reach deep into your hearts and your pocketbooks and toss a couple of coins into our coffers. At the $5 a month level, you get um, a suggestion like this. Like how Paul said he wants, they want us to cover all new X-Men 31 to 36. The crossover with the Ultimate Universe, including Miles Morales.
1: Man, Ultimate Universe so hot right now.
2: <laughs> it's one six
1: one zero or six one six zero or whatever you want to call it. Oh my god! It's is, 1610.
2: 1610.
1: Is, is the new Ultimate Universe the same as the old Universe? I thought. No, okay, killed, hold on. Well,
2: that that that's where six one six zero comes from. That's the designation of the uh, Ultimate Invasion oh. Universe. Okay. Is it
0: okay? I want to ask Adam Tony. Hi. I want you. I want you guys to play a game higher or lower. Oh, okay. It's like price is right. It is (laughs) in, since it was destroyed in secret wars in 2015, Uh how many times has the ultimate universe come back twice? Right. Didn't Donnie Cates try it? Whoever gets closest to the pin will win. I think it's four. Four. I think it's four. I think Tony's right. Okay. So it's obviously ultimate's. I guess it was Ultimate Squared. Was it 100 that they had it at? It was the end of yep. Ewing's Ultimates. It was the end of something that Bendis did. I think in Spider Ultimate Man Spider Two, Man. it was oh, Spider right. Man Two. Okay. Yep. yep. Yes, mm-hmm. that's that's where it was. Uh, it also came back in Ultimate Invasion, and I'm trying to remember where that last one was.
2: Um, the Miles Morales series, like this entire second year of the. Oh yeah, yeah, there. yeah.
0: That's right. That's right where actually his uncle was ultimatum. Oh, i freaking this story
2: Man. So, the, the Earth's no. like 16 miles is ultimatum.
0: <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it, and then Donny Cates tried to bring it back and kind of did, but then didn't. Wait, is that and five? Have, so that yeah, five? that's no, actually. No, because
1: Donny, well. Because hmm. all of these are just like. It is like, five, did it- isn't it? Yeah, because the the other four got kind of like dropped, right? And then now Hickman's the real deal, but all the rest of them aren't.
0: Hickman, with special thanks to Donnie Cates, as says in Ultimate Invasion Number One.
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: Uh, Unless this is also Donnie Cates.
1: This may
0: also be the Donnie Cates thing. But I think what is to be said is that people keep trying to bring back the Ultimate Universe, even though they did a great job destroying it and keeping around anything that people liked about it. Cause that was the rule. It was, hey, is there something you liked about the ultimate universe that we don't have over here?
1: Because we'll we'll bring that over. It was like two, Even, two things.
0: It was <laughs> it was Miles and his supporting cast. Right. End of list. And then Colin Bunn brought up for some X Men, something he liked. Yeah.
1: Jimmy Hudson no ends one likes up over the maker. Here
0: and still here. Oh, the maker. The maker also came over, <gasps> yeah. The, the maker is no one likes him.
1: him. No. Uh, the maker sucks. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait Are a you, minute. You're gonna defend the maker? <laughs> Do you not like the maker? The maker is so stupid. Nope. Come on, I love the maker. Are evil, you kidding? Evil Reed Richards with like a, yes! a xenomorph hat. Come on.
0: Yes. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm you gonna ask like Adam. No, Adam, because I know you haven't done this. Tony, have you read Hickman's Ultimate, like Ultimate Comics Ultimates? And you still don't like oh, the no. maker?
2: No, 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 not Ultimate Comics Ultimates. I thought you were going to ask Ultimate Invasion. Nope. this is why. OK, no, this is why.
0: Go back, read Jonathan Hickman and Hassan Ribic's Ultimate Comics Ultimates, where the maker is rules. Like, sorry, the maker's great. And anyone who says otherwise needs to read that story that no one read because the new 52 also came out the same
1: week. I, just a spoiler for this particular episode. I'm not doing that. And I'll tell you okay. why, because here's my spoiler the Ultimate Universe sucks. Time and time again, we read these Ultimate stories, and they're not great. They never and are I, great. And I keep telling you, Adam, I keep saying that there's a small
0: window in I there. Know. Where, where is there the window? Really, industry? It's exactly <laughs> when Hickman starts that, and he has Zorn and Zorn yeah. run the Celestials,
2: the TV. And, and you got an Ultimate Spider-Man the whole time. Mm -hmm. is one of the best series that's ever the the best series of this century easily at least from the big two
1: not not just that ultimate spidey it's it's, yes but it's also kind of its own thing yeah
0: it is it is not as connected to the rest of the ultimate universe that was really defined by mark miller in his aesthetics at the time i'm also gonna give a hot second that i think the book takes a little bit to get back on its feet after bagley leaves but, I don't think anyone would d- disagree with that. <laughs> but that's that's just a, that's just a me thing. Uh, but anyway, the X-Men go to the Ultimate Universe this time, and I'll give them credit. They spent a good 15 years not crossing over anything with the Ultimate Universe. You had Spider-Man.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: And then you had Galactus went over to the Ultimate Universe one time. Yeah, had a snack. That was
2: pretty much it, right? I <laughs> think so. Until the yeah. last like six to nine months of the before Secret Wars. Yep.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That sounds about and right. They have they had done a pretty solid job of this. So Bendis, knowing that they're getting rid of the ultimate universe, does one last hurrah in there, sending his all new X-Men through space and time into the ultimate universe to meet up with all of our favorite ultimate universe friends. This is uh, Brian Michael Bendis uh, with great art by Mahmoud
1: Asar. Yeah, Asar is great. Hidden on all cylinders here. And then Gracia is doing colors, right? Gracia is doing the colors. And there's something, there's an interesting
0: fact about this book. Oh, yeah? Did you know that the big fight at the end uh, between Doctor Doom and the Mm X-Men was actually a script that Marvel ended up using for... Uh, test tester pages for artists for a very long time.
1: Really? So
0: there, there are a lot of like good artists of huh. recent years who have a couple of pages of doing this their way.
2: Get out. And, and I've seen that a few times, and I didn't put together that that's why I've seen <laughs> artists like I can think right off the top of my head, Phil Seavey. Mm-hmm. I've seen his version of it, and I know I've seen others. I can't think of any other names at the moment. Wow. So yeah, that wow. makes a lot
1: of sense. And is it specifically the ultimate versions Yeah, that were yeah. part no, of the prompt? It's, it's, because so because Dr.
0: Because Doom has his goat legs.
1: Uh, oh, okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. And
0: I bet that's part probably part of the prompt because they want you to see attention to detail on things.
1: Well, I mean, the number of characters that Mahmoud is drawing by the time he gets to this last issue is really insane. Um, because throughout the rest of the arc, the team is split up. So the... Time Displaced 05, San Scott, who's off uh, with Corsair at this point in the timeline, uh, get over into the Ultimate Universe, but they get split up. So, you know, he's able to draw maybe one of them at a time fighting a, you know, a football team or Mole Man or whatever until the very end when he has to draw everybody on multiple double page spreads. And it's a lot.
0: How do you feel about the plot structure of splitting up each member of the cast and letting them have a few pages to accelerate their plot, every issue.
1: Uh, I'm fine with some of it. I think that it works better for some characters than others. And the characters that it works well for obviously are Jean and gets to hang out with miles, which is great. It's kind of cool having Laura and Warren hang out with Jimmy Hudson and explore weapon X and learn out about, you know, how man made mutants. Um, What, the one I just mentioned earlier, though, that's the real stinker of the bunch is that Iceman gets stuck fighting Mole Man in, uh, what is it, Las Vegas, I think it's it is? Atlanta. Oh, Atlanta, sorry. It, it, yeah, it's, it's really hot there. That part goes on way too long and is not interesting at all.
0: It's a big justification to have them redraw the splash page or the cover page of Fantastic Four number one, and I can appreciate <laughs> right. the energy that would go into doing that, <laughs> mm-hmm. but also I don't think this I don't think it works in general because most of the characters like there's not a reason they aren't moving forward, either the plot of the overall story or their own personal like arcs in this. And this is a problem I think Bendis had exactly at this time in Guardians of the Galaxy uh, that he was writing where he does this exact same thing and splits up the Guardians.
1: Well, and and then
0: brings them all back.
1: I I do remember uh, reading this at the time. First of all, I want to say going back and reading all new is always a delight. I really did love this book. And even though this oh, yeah. is one of the not as great arcs, it was still a lot of fun. Bendis is still doing a really good job writing it. I enjoyed it. However, at the time, I do remember that we were coming off Black Vortex.
0: Nope, right? we were going oh, no. to Black Vortex. We hadn't
1: gotten to, but we had come off of Trial of Gene Grey. So we'd just come off of a Guardians crossover. Then we were going into Miles crossover. And in my brain, I'm going, great. Bendis just wants to play with all of his toys. And I was a little bit irritated that we were not getting like X-Men proper stuff like we were in the first half of the book. Um, Tony, were you reading this when it was coming out? I know you're a big Spider-Man guy.
2: I, I was, but I was not reading any. i would never been an Ultimate reader.
1: Thank like, you. I've gone
2: back and i caught some of it. I, I actually have not read all of Ultimate Spider-Man. And okay. as big a Spider-Man fan as I am, it, it just, it was timing-wise, I was out on an LDS mission when it picked up steam and it was too hard to come back and catch it up. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is and...
0: odd because I remember at that time, you couldn't walk five feet without tripping over the first couple of trades of that book.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, and, and I absolutely read the first couple of trades, but it was that next, like right. two, two to four, five trades. Like I, I didn't even know Ultimate Six existed until mm. relatively recently. But this, I was I was reading the Miles book at the time, and I was keeping up with this, and I, I really enjoyed it because of the Miles of it. I was not reading Ultimate X Men at all. So, mm-hmm. so a lot of it I knew I was aware of Jimmy Hudson, but otherwise a lot of it I was just completely in the dark for. Well, good news because <laughs> does Bendis this care
0: about really, these X Men at all? <laughs> I'm not a hundred percent sure. Brian Michael Bendis <laughs> read uh, the the Brian Wood uh, Ultimate X Men. <laughs> Which is a shame because Mahmoud Asar does some really good work in that. Mm-hmm. And I generally like the plot. But no. No way, no how. Because he has he then has Jean Grey leading these X-Men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's a whole thing and I'm the only person who cares. Like, I get it. I'm the only person who cares about that small chunk of continuity.
1: It doesn't make so, a sense. But it also doesn't matter at all. Because all Bendis wants to do is to have two gene grays read each other's mind and freak out right we get multiple uh nods back to that amazing imminent two two two-page spread we get the the miles one is nice i like it get one of miles get one of the two genes and you could just kind of tell that i don't want to use the word coasting but bendis is he's settled in he's very comfortable and he's just ready to just kind of like have some fun with the characters that he likes. The and book, the book doesn't have direction. No, it doesn't. No, it goes on way too long. You know, this arc has to be as long as the, the um, concurrent arc in uncanny, right? Cause the, the very beginning of the arc, the uncanny adults leave for the reading of the last will and Testament of Charles Xavier. So you, which then
0: goes on way
1: longer way longer than they expected right so you know what is this six issues of this it's six this
0: is this is a solid six issues of very little happening and yeah. i could not tell you what the theme or story <laughs> of this book is besides let's go have some fun with the ultimate things
2: and you know i i think it would have been fine at this length if it if bendis had focused on the more interesting things but there's too much time being spent like the Iceman plot line was really only there to establish that mutants were man-made in the ultimate universe that's the only mm-hmm. reason that's that plot line of this story arc even exists the i think six issues would have worked if bendis had focused on the more interesting parts of it and like the bobby plot line w- would have been, is completely the same as the Warren and Laura plotline. Because Mm -hmm. once they reunite, they find out that the mutants were man-made then. Making that whole Bobby plotline redundant because it's much more interesting from the Laura and Warren
1: side. Yeah, exactly. So
2: it's just an exposition tool where, like, I think the Gene and Miles, even though that's the bulk of the first three issues of it, there could have been some more interesting stuff done there. And the Hank and Latveria storyline is so interesting. And it's barely, barely touched on until like the third issue of the story arc. Mm -hmm. It is,
0: it is very interesting, but I'm going to say as the late ultimate universe pedant that I am, this is a very confusing uh, interpretation of Dr. Doom specifically. uh, (laughs) One, how Dr. Doom died in, Died in Ultimatum, and then didn't die and came back in Ultimate FF. Uh, that was that was the Ultimate Future Foundation. Which y'all know who was the members of the Ultimate Future Foundation? I do not. I love
2: this. It's so random.
0: Um, it's Iron Man, Invisible Woman, Falcon, and uh, the Machine Man. Oh, okay. Oh, but Machine Man is Danny Ketch. Oh, what? Okay. Weird. Like the other
1: Ghost Rider? Like Ghost Rider. Yeah. I guess
0: Ghost Rider three, but really Ghost Rider Two, because yeah, yeah, no yeah. one cares about Old West Ghost Rider. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. I mean there, Doom was a good guy in that series, and then it doesn't matter. It
2: doesn't matter. This Doom is basically 616 Doom in a different universe. That, he's, just regular Doom. he's just regular old
0: Doom. They make fun they make fun of his name, like Victor Von Dame? Von <laughs> Dom? <Yeah>, Why?
1: <laughs> just call him Doctor Doom, you losers. It is funny that his name is Van Damme. And I agree, Tony, there is like a uh, story to be mined there for uh, Hank being used for, you know, nefarious purposes. But uh, we don't get into it because we have to get to the fist fight and we have to solve it. Uh, we never mentioned hey, how what this did act- they What did they call... Hold on, because now I have right. to know.
0: I have to remember, what were they going to call Doom in the Josh Trank Fantastic Four movie? What were they originally going to call him? Oh, they weren't going to call him. Because it wasn't going to be Von Doom. It was going oh. to be something else. And he was going to be a hacker.
2: I'm Googling this now. Because I remember this. I had forgotten, but I remember. Oh, it was computer.
0: going to be Victor Domyshev. And everyone said, that's stupid. It's Dr. Doom.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter. Um,
0: um, it super matters. Adam, Have you? Wa- please tell me you've watched the bad Fantastic Four movie. Not the no super bad one. No. The bad one. They're all bad. There's never been a good Fantastic Four I know. movie, and there never will be.
1: There's I never disagree. been a good movie with Fantastic can... Four characters. We we can make it happen. Y- can can we? we? Sure, sure. Listen, theoretically, Wait, no, you name, could... Hold on. What's
0: one good movie with Fantastic Four characters? And if you say Incredibles, we're going to fight about a different thing.
2: <laughs> Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is a Fantastic Four movie, and you cannot change my mind about that. Is that a good movie? Okay, though, but Tommy?
0: that's not a good movie. Is it? <laughs> it's a, no, it's a bad movie. That movie sucked.
1: <laughs> it's the best Fantastic Four movie that, so far, though. Interesting. I like this this theory. They're it's still making. Uh, I mean, I, I'll i concede you that point. Still a bad movie. Still wasn't good. I'm not Was still. I, I'm not interested weird. in in having a referendum on this because we'll see what happens. uh You know, the Marvel Universe uh, cinematic all universe I'm, does not seem I'm to saying, be very popular right now. So
0: all I'm saying. The Fantastic Four movie that they made for legal reasons was bad. The first Fantastic Four movie was bad. The Rise of the Silver Surfer, bad, but does have doom on the surfboard. So does get about as close as you can get. The Josh Trank one, bad. Uh, The Doctor Strange movie that had Jim from The Office, bad. They've not made a good one yet.
1: It's okay. I'm not worrying about it. I'm not losing sleep because this is an X-Men podcast. And what do we do on this podcast, Zach.
0: Oh, we 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 rank stories from best. We to
1: worst. do, and so I think. Thank you for keeping should, us focused. That we should take a crack at uh ranking this on our big old list. Tony, would you like to guess how many stories are on our big old list? If you All go to the right.
0: website, it's
2: not updated. So
1: take a take a guess, though. I'm curious if you'd know. You pick a, Pick a number.
2: I want to I want to say on the road to 400 here. But I feel like that's way too long. Bud, <laughs>
0: Bud, we're on the road to 800. We're at 800. 795. That's... I can see that mile marker.
2: 400 is number of episodes, not number of stories. My gosh. And
0: uh, even, that, okay. Okay. even that, we're only on 307 right here. We got a while till then. How He's are forgiven. you not keeping track of every last minute detail of this list that, frankly, only exists in people's heads as a concept more than anything else? Like, I have it written down. Yeah. Adam has the same file. Mm-hmm. But no one's auditing this list. To be fair, we could move. I could say, actually, what if Magic is number 35 instead of number 36 right now? And no one would call me on
1: it. None true. of you
0: would know the difference.
1: <laughs> no one's playing a uh, game.
0: <laughs> we do have 795 stories on this list With the best story being The House of X, Powers of Ten. Pen Number 100 being Wolverine 48 to 50, the Shiva scenario Number 200 being Aldi Wolverine Enemy of the State 2 Number 300 being Generations Phoenix and Jean Grey Number 400 being Excalibur 62 to 65, Return of the Warpies Number 500 being X-Men No More Humans, OGN Number 600 being that time in Defenders Where Magneto got turned into a baby Number 700 <laughs> is Prophet Cable Profit and Cable Mm -hmm. You know, the one we just talked about in 795, the worst X-Men story of all time is, say it with me, uh, 2099 World of Tomorrow.
1: World of Tomorrow. There we go. Um... Listen, so
0: hot right now. And by the way, we haven't said it, but we said in the Miles episode or the Bendis episode, Miles Morales, perfect, great child. Everyone loves him. He's my kid, Spider-Man. Love that guy.
1: Yeah. I don't think this
0: is best showing.
1: I I still enjoyed this and I think that we are probably in if we're not in the 300s we're in like the top half of the 400s I think. That's about
0: where I was looking. I'm going to I'm going to say this is probably a better story than New Avengers the Collective. Tony, I assume you're aware of New Avengers
2: the Collective? I read it as it was coming out. Would you say this is better or worse than that? Yeah. It's it's better. It's definitely better.
1: Is it better than Schism at 397? Yeah, guys?
0: It is, this, is better, this is better than Schism. Yeah, okay. it's definitely better than Schism. Adam, I'm going to say at 377 is Amazing Nightcrawler. Oh, interesting. What are your thoughts, Adam, um, on if this is better than, worse than Amazing Nightcrawler?
1: See, I would go higher. And be than... careful. People are listening. Yes, I, I have my own opinions. And I think this... Um, <laughs> This, this would be better than that for me i would go higher actually like i'm looking closer to like the 350 realm like the first arc of x-men Legacy X the first
0: arc of x-men Legacy is a little messy uh but it reaches for a lot more than this story so i would give the i would give the nod to Legacy
1: yeah i don't know if this is it like i wouldn't put this above 335 which is bizarre adventures 27. I think or
0: no. Yeah. I'd, I'd look
1: like 333 or, is uncanny 600. I think that's better than I've got, this.
0: I've got one, Adam. I've yeah, got one yeah, for you yeah. to think of. Okay. Is this better th- or worse than Astonishing X-Men 13 through 17 until our hearts stop by Rosenberg and land?
1: Oh, um, hmm. I would take this yeah. over Land
2: overland any day. Yeah. I,
1: I like this land. more than that. And I like this more than the axis arc of Deadpool, but Do I like it more than the Halloween Jack arc of X-Men 2099?
0: Hmm. Adam, I kind of think the Halloween Jack arc's better. I am know Halloween Jack was in a comic this year. (laughs) I know. Again, me and Steve Orlando on the same wavelength on a lot of things. Not everything, but on that weird specific wavelength of the dumb stuff we like, we're in sync, baby.
1: I think we're in the right spot on the list. So this is going to be our what? Our new 360? New 360, it's uh, Meet Miles from the, Ultimate, <laughs> or the All-New X-Men. Tony, I love that you've put into the chat that you listen almost every week. Um, no one's asking you to keep, you know, an Excel spreadsheet on, you I know don't, what I mean? I don't think that's true.
0: I think I'm explicitly asking this.
1: <laughs> For ourselves, but not for <laughs> not No, for everyone. We do have <laughs> this list
2: posted on a website somewhere, right? Yeah, <laughs> but somebody <laughs> has to update it
0: and somebody has gotten busy and the sheer weight of responsibility is crushing
1: down on him
0: at it does, all times.
1: It does not get updated every week. So, um, you know, that's fine. No,
0: it gets it gets updated every three months when I say, oh, crap. And I dedicate <laughs> like an hour to doing it.
1: All right. So if anyone wants to,
0: then I'll make a tweet about it. That's how, you know, the list is updated because I said, oh, shoot. Someone should tweet out that the list is updated, but not say that we waited this long.
1: (laughs) So we've started with some Bendis stuff that has some ultimate stuff. Next, we're going to go to some Bendis stuff that's also ultimate stuff. This is Ultimate X-Men 40 to 45. Um, This is written by Brian Michael Bendis and illustrated by... Is this Finch? Finch. It's David Finch. David Finch, yeah. I'm going to start here. Yeah.
0: What's our feelings on David Finch?
2: I mean ambivalent i
1: would agree I, I think he's
2: competent at worst and sometimes does some really good stuff i kind of like finch a lot actually oh like,
0: okay he's one of those guys he's one of those guys who like i can see all of the flaws and anytime someone would complain about his weird scrunchy faces because hmm. he he has the evolution of that rob liefeld face you know the one i'm talking about oh
1: yeah oh, We yeah. talked a lot about that last week he's
0: Before got that rob he's got like He's got his own version of that Rob Liefeld face. Yeah, yeah, that cyclops in this arc especially
1: gets. He has kind of a Sylvester quality to some of the things that he does. He does too. That's the that's the kind of stuff that Which, I
0: like. Like there is, there is a there is a part of it that really clicks for me. He's a top cow guy. That makes sense. I don't know yeah. what Finch is doing. Last I know, he was doing Wonder Woman, and that was a while ago.
1: This is called New Mutants because some New Mutants are being recruited to the team, but they're also being recruited to another team that is being. There's a new
0: team of New Mutants.
1: Yes, that is being uh, run by none other than Ultimate Emma Frost.
2: But but you're getting ahead of yourself here, Adam. Because you're getting ahead of yourself, Adam. It takes it's a six-issue arc. It takes four issues before Emma Frost shows up. It
0: does, however as I was reading this as a whole and trying to put together, cause I always think of when they say new mutants, I always think of this arc as like the last couple of issues with the Emma Frost stuff and recruiting a new team. But as, as I was reading through this, I understood what they were doing because, you know, it starts out introducing angel. It has ultimate X-Men 41, which is Wolverine kills a Wolverine. kid in a cave. Yeah. That, that's the one <laughs> uh, people. I like that one. <laughs> I I like it in concept, okay. and I think I think it works as a tight, short story that could never work in 616 stuff because that would be a bridge too far Yep, and would be a complete betrayal of, like, what the X-Men do. In here, it generally works, but I have some resentment for this story for all the times I had to hear people talk about how this was, like, the most important, deep story of all the time. It's like, I get it. It's Is a it? little... It's, no, Wolverine well, kills not, a
1: kid is deep.
0: There was a lot. A lot of people talked about this the cave might be
1: deep. Time. I don't know. A lot
0: of people talked about this story for a long time. <laughs> That's just like the thing. So I have like a little bit of a like reaction, but in general, as a as a tight one issue story, I think that it works in isolation. I think it falls apart when you start to think about uh, what the implications of Wolverine murdering a kid because he's an inconvenient political piece is now. I do think it helps emphasize the point because the first issue of this is people getting religious fever because uh, there's an angel mutant. And what does that mean about most of Western religion?
1: Does yeah, that's that a- work for you guys? I think it works.
2: It partly works the second time it comes around. The first time it comes around, it's Rogue st- sitting in the middle of a barbecue going, Look, we have an actual demon. And she keeps pointing at Nightcrawler, and Nightcrawler's going, What the hell are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And but the second time when Warren when when they get into the people that have come because they heard about it because Beast leaked it in a chat room, oh, right? Which is the most 2005 love, thing ever. I um, love. Keep
0: going, keep going. But I want to get yes. back to Ultimate Beast.
2: Yes, 2003, not 2005. 2003. That time when he when when Storm and Warren have the chat. And Storm goes, you're stunning. You're beautiful. Of course, these people are going to go into relig- religious fervor about you. And then he touches down in front of this group at the gates of the mansion. I think that time it works. I think the first time in the issue where Rogue tries to wax poetic about it doesn't work at all.
0: Okay, I think that's an intentional choice because Rogue's kind of dumb. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> Love her to death. We've talked about it all in this show. Rogue's kind of dumb.
1: So we've had Bendis on the show recently. And yes, uh, we did just talk about how much I love the all new and how I feel like even if it's a lesser arc, I'm still enjoying what he's putting down Um, at this point in Bendis's writing career. When Tony says that, you know, they're waxing poetic, they're doing so at any possible moment. And it is very ill conceived. You think it's ill conceived? So many conversations here that could have been one to two panels that are one. Wait, you think three. there's
0: a little bit of back and
1: forth on it? Too much back and forth. So What's much. Too back much back and I and do forth. think there's some back and forth here. Is there so some back and forth? Much back and forth. I think there uh, might do be. be. Do you, do you wonder?
0: If, do you wonder if Brian Michael Bendis may have watched Glenn Gary Glenn Ross a couple of times?
2: <laughs> and Gilmore Girls. His, and his, Gilmore Girls. Yes, his admitted a, favorite television show of all time.
1: He's a chatty, that. chatty forever. Kathy.
0: Uh, Honestly. I wish more people wrote dialogue like Bendis does, because it feels a lot more realistic than some of the big proclamations that you get in
1: comics it, these days. It can. It can. And I think when Bendis is doing it correctly, like he does in All New, I think it works. I think here it just comes across as talking and talking and talking for no real like point there is no reason for the conversations to go on as long as they do and we get it over and over again storm and angel have three pages worth of dialogue nick fury shows up and has like half a page of dialogue and Frost shows up and the president and you know this is another thing that just does not work about the ultimate universe in my i understand that one of miller's whole things is to get in uh you know and and this critique of like post 9 11 uh america and talk about you know the, the bush administration etc all of that stuff when you put it in your comics it ages like milk and anything that is sat- satirical about it is really not interesting when you go back to it um so it drives I me i have a it does not work here like the fact that there's I so can, much in the oval office in the situation room i hate it i can agree.
0: understand that i can understand that However, I would say in my mind, I I personally am not bothered by something aging poorly in terms of, you know, like the topic. There's, you know, there's some things where like content, we say it aged poorly, but really it was bad from the start. This is something that was relevant for that moment. And I think it is an interesting insight to that moment, even if it doesn't provide those same insights now 30 or 20 years later, when pretty much everything that, could be said about the Bush administration, the post 9-11 world has been said, or at least everything that an X-Men comic was going to say about it. So I think you're hearing a lot of things over and over again. But what I think works about this arc for me is that Bendis is taking a very like mature point of, okay, wait, if mutants are going to be celebrities in this world and like we are going to have them be a stand-in for a minority group or whatever the mutant metaphor is going to be for this, How does that work in the gross world of politics? Because that's all this arc is about is what mutants are going to be politically acceptable and what aren't. And the crux of this arc is Charles Xavier is not politically acceptable because there is concern that he would just wipe your mind and say prevent nuclear war from ever happening. Just as a just as a example of things Charles Xavier could or couldn't do.
1: Yeah, you're not wrong. I I just think. You could expedite this and tell this story in three issues, right, Tony? Okay, but that's yeah. every Bendis' story. And, and,
2: and so I think I think the story generally, when it works, it works really well. Like the opening scene is probably one of the best X-Men scenes that Bendis has written when when there's a negotiation going on with um the Worthington estate to take Warren to the school. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, I think that there is are moments in the situation room that work really well. Not all of it. I mean, there's one entire issue that's entirely in the situation room that you could cut two-thirds of that. And, well, and I think and I think one reason
0: why the situation room doesn't work is because Marvel doesn't want to draw actual George Bush. Mm-hmm. And or then it actual
2: doesn't Donald Russ Rumsfeld.
0: Right. So that all of the situation room things are in shadow. And you don't get some of the character acting that you really need to sell some of that, especially with talking head stuff. You can't sell talking heads if it's mostly shadowed talking heads like that is a that is a intersection of corporate comics, even at a time when Marvel was a heck of a lot more willing to rock the boat. But the limitations of corporate comics coming in with the needs of the art form and it it fails this story in that I'll fully agree with that
2: yeah but but even some moments, like the when the President asks Emma to show him their power, that goes on for eight or nine panels. Mm-hmm. What's your power? What do you mean? What's my power? What do you do? Show me. Show you. Will it hurt me? No. Will you get it in my brain? No. All right. then show me something <laughs> that's That's a full page wasted on completely like and there are essays written about Bendis and decompression. I get it. It was at a sorry. Um, it was at a time that yes, he was very decompressed. But, but there are also times that even the shadowed stuff does work at the at the end when the joint chiefs of staff and whoever the other guy is have realized that they screwed up royally, mm-hmm. and Fury's coming after. They're both in shadow, and there was no reason for the chief. Joint Chiefs of Staff to be someone we recognize, you know, he didn't need to. I honestly been, do
0: not remember who the Joint Chiefs of Staff was in 2003. I, I don't know who the
2: the current Joint Chiefs of Staff are. That's you because we're, we've, we
0: aren't currently, are we currently in a war? I think we're done with all of those at the moment, all of the official ones. Yeah. I guess Iraq and Afghanistan were never official wars either. So that kind of throws this off. But in general, our military action has died down.
2: Yeah. So regardless. It's, I think this is a better arc than than it should be. But I think it really has some serious issues with decompression. Um, it, it's Bendis at his worst when it comes to decompressed comics, in my opinion. But the highs of it are really, really strong highs. And I really, really like that about this arc. By the way,
0: uh, in two thousand uh, in two thousand three, the Joint Chiefs, the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, was Richard Myers.
1: Oh,
0: very.
2: Exciting. Who I could not pick up, uh, pick out of the lineup <laughs> to
0: save me. I could not either, but figured I would let us know.
1: Um, the one thing I do like about this is that the end of the arc, Emma's team immediately there's a Sentinel that appears, and Emma doesn't even have time to really have her own team before like beast dies um which is like a very emma thing to happen is that her like immediately one of her, her students student, one right, of her students nice. and the other ones are all like running and injured and she has to you know so th- there's a bit of irony in that um but Overall, I just I did not enjoy reading this with the same uh, life and, and excitement that uh, that I did with the all new. So I would definitely yeah. like I, this one more. I would say one thing I want to say about Ultimate Beast who shows up in here. Yes,
0: Ultimate Beast is the prototype for what Bendis does with Beast, which mm-hmm. really sets the stage for where Beast is in current comics because Bendis taps into how petty and how like small beast feels at all times and wants to make every wants to make himself seem bigger and more braggadocious and make other people feel small like that is a big thing for him he has a lot of doubt about that and wants to be right about everything <laughs> and thinks he is sometimes And that i think that really works it worked the chat room stuff where he's leaking things that's funny about the x-men it's funny and then oddly present uh to a time where i you don't know Military secrets about uh, the war in Ukraine are getting leaked on Discord <laughs> from 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 army guys who just want a little bit of internet clout who yeah. are posting through it. Yep, I yeah that that's a good beat for Beast. I like the concept of Punk Dazzler for the Ultimate Universe. Oh, we didn't even, even talk about Punk
2: it, Dazzler. Yeah, there's not much to talk about. No. I, there's Grolixes. That that's the extent of Punk Dazzler is there's a bunch of Grolixes instead of actual swears and that that's all there is to her in this arc. I think if you're gonna do if you're gonna do like here's the thing.
0: Ultimate Dazzler should never have been like a core character in the book. Mm-hmm. So if you're just gonna have Ultimate Dazzler pop up, that's a fun way to say and this is the ultimate universe spin on it. Yeah. That's fine. Because it's, it's either that or have her be Britney Spears, and no one wants that.
1: <laughs> it's just like nothing not against today. Britney
0: Spears, but no one wants Britney Spears dazzler. That would be
1: no. We already not saw that in in Joe Casey's, uh, you know, uncanny. Arc. We did so, see, and no one liked that. Ron. No, no. So, um, where should we rank it? I'm saying this is going lower than uh, than the all new work. I, I did <laughs> not enjoy this nearly as much.
2: I do have to throw in I think it is better than probably 90% of Miller's
1: Ultimate X-Men though. Interesting. See now that I mm, to, we do have some Ultimate X-Men that are much higher than than where we were and
0: we I, have World Tour at 101 which yeah. is the highest and tomorrow people at 130. Yeah. And, and I, I would think... say yeah
2: those are the two arcs that are better than this by okay. far. I think the rest yep. of Miller's Ultimate no not it doesn't come close to this. I would say this
0: is worse than World War X. The second time we've brought up World War X on this podcast.
1: Which is at what? Today. 254. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I stand. I think we're probably in the 400s here. Is, better? Um, is, yeah. is it
0: better than? It, at 503 is the Tempest, which is the next arc of this, mm-hmm. which is the one where Charles Xavier gets thrown down some stairs.
1: Oh wow! I th- you know what? I think this is better than that, Zach. I mean, this that, is probably better than the Tempest. It has the stairs moment, but that's not a good.
0: The arc. stairs moment this, isn't good. It's just I'm never going to stop thinking about it.
1: <laughs>
2: does Brandon Peterson draw Scott Summers as Mark McGrath? Because Dave Finch does the entire arc. Oh, that's Dave true.
0: Finch, yeah, I cannot get behind the Scott Summers in this book. For, that's the, the worst pits. thing.
2: Frosted tips and inconsistent goatee, Scott Summers.
1: Those, this those entire... weirdo please that he's got. Yes. <laughs> oh wow. I mean,
0: that's a. It's a very 2003 look. It's just when the youth, the youth have started <laughs> to like cycle back around <laughs> to fashion. Ain't no one doing guys' looks in 2003. That one's never coming back. No. And it shouldn't.
1: I think we're lower than uh, that time that Nightcrawler went to Crystal Saga, Crystar. Uh, Crystal Warrior. Saga of
0: Crystar, the Crystal Warrior. Yeah. yeah, probably not as good as that. Is it better or worse than Girl School from Heck? I, th- I think it's worse. I would say... We're in the yes, right neighborhood. We are. Above so, Mutant X 1 through 3.
1: Uh, yeah, definitely. I okay. agree. With
0: that. Who has strong feelings about X-Men First Class Volume 2,
1: Number 1, The Job Shadow? I think this is better than that for the reasons that Tony highlighted. There are some good like character moments here. It, Tony, did, did you have
0: strong feelings about X-Men First Class
2: Volume 2, Number 1?
1: No, not at all, and honestly, except for
2: the Cyclops design the entire time, I think Dave Finch's art is really good. Oh, throughout hey, this, I do like it. Okay, here's what happened: Dave Finch
0: started drawing Bat, got Batman money for a while, uh, and hey, I bet Dave Finch draws a pretty good Batman. I bet, yeah, yep,
2: I, he does. So, so, anyways, directly above that X Men First Class issue, <laughs> oh, we already did that.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Or, okay, that's that's okay. all I've done. We had the Excel open. Sorry, Tony. <laughs> Hey, someone's going to be like, "Oh, they're using Excel. Why don't they
1: use Google Sheets?" It's because I
0: work in like a business, so I use Excel all the time. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's nothing they pay. For
1: it's a really good it's a really good Excel spreadsheet.
0: All right, people well, get really weird about Excel and maybe all the like I use Google Docs all the time. It's
1: great, but people do I'm know that the, Excel has more functionality, right?
0: No, because a lot of people don't actually use Excel in any sort of I know. deeper function where you actually need to compile a lot of data mm. and do a lot of junk quickly. And it doesn't matter because Excel does not feature prominently in Ultimate Spider-Man Annual Number 1 by Brian Michael Bendis with pencils by Mark Brooks.
1: Thanks by Jamie Mendoza. Jamie Mendoza. And Scott uh, Hanna. Uh, yes, and Scott Hanna. Great cover. That's an no, that's a Mark Bagley cover. Mm-hmm, it that's is. A, that's an
0: Allen Davis looking Mark Bagley right there. Got the hair. Did a nice job there.
2: That's I mean, the thing. Not... It's that's... got some really good colors on it too. Richard Isonov had mm. like a moment between 03 and 06, 07. And he did some really amazing colors. It's hitting pretty good here. Like that's a
0: good cover. And I'm a sucker for the weird Ultimate Universe uh,
1: widescreen bars oh.
0: that you get. <laughs> yeah. That's what those are, aren't they? The widescreen bars.
1: Yes. Is that what they're supposed to be?
2: No, I don't know if they're supposed. It's not to be. what they're
1: supposed to be. Oh.
2: They're supposed to be like unique branding because it changes every time they relaunch the Ultimate Universe. Yeah, but they should keep the widescreen bars because yeah. now,
1: like, how come what? Ultimate Invasion didn't have them? But
2: they're they're exact. so they're not widescreen bars. They're vertical. Yeah, but
0: if you turn the com <laughs> if you turn the comic, those are widescreen bars. <laughs> I
2: guess. I think they're supposed to be three D to create a three D effect because every one of oh, on these covers
0: has something hanging over the bars. Ah. I think that was that was the original intention, That's especially Spider-Man. with those truly atrocious original Ultimate Comics covers. <laughs> yes. That, who did the the first the first Ultimate Spider Man cover is just a terrible image.
2: It, it, it's I think it's Mark Bagley that someone then redrew in a computer. It's so
0: insane. I just I constantly think No, it's that's a Joe Cassada.
1: Is, is it really? Wow. That's a Joey Q. It definitely looks painted over though, like Tony was saying.
0: Yeah. Oh no, no, no. It's it it is not a pure cover. Anyway, Joe Casada does not appear in this except for his editor in chief. This is the story about Spider Man wanting to go on a date.
1: Uh no, that is incorrect.
0: Well, ending up going on a date. That
1: is correct. But the person that wants to go on the date is none other than Ultimate Kitty Pride. So I love the concept of of this whole thing because
2: this is one of the points that I was reading Ultimate Spider-Man. And Mary Jane kept dashing into danger like an idiot. Okay. And so Peter broke up with her power and responsibility stuff. He broke it off with her because she kept just tr- getting into the middle of it. And he couldn't bear the thought that she had like one near miss too many that a bad guy grabbed her or something like that. And I'm sure I say bad guy. It was Norman Osborne. I, I don't remember <laughs> for sure that it was Norman Osborne, but it was Norman Osborne. Yeah. Um. And, and just one time too many. And Peter, you know, it was like this big momentous issue where Peter and MJ broke up and, and I think this is like 6 to 12 months later real-world time. Like, I think there's yeah, a few arcs after I'm,
0: that. I'm going through Ultimate. It's been a while since I've looked through Ultimate Spider-Man. There's the Warriors arc. Yeah, it's... There is that, that long Warriors arc where he teams up with like Moon Knight and Electra
2: and Black Cat and all that. To and, fight Kingpin. And Moon Knight is one of the few... Moon Knight and Daredevil, that two ultimate characters who do not get any sort of ultimate redesign because their original designs are just so good. Moon Knight, um, Moon Knight gets a bit It's a tweak. One. It's a
0: tweak. It's not a he redesign. He gets his hood taken. A tweak. His hood's down. That's yes. that's what's happening with Moon Knight. He doesn't have the hood on. I think the we need down. to be
1: clear, though, that the vast majority of the ultimate versions really don't... They're not that dissimilar from their original no, that, counterparts. They're oh, especially no. the second tier. <laughs> like, the second on. tier
2: ones. <laughs> like...
1: The X Men are still the X Men.
2: Yep. So, anyways, but I just love this concept because Peter Parker with another superhero has not been done enough, hmm. and that's where this goes. Because the, the he's dated other superpowered people. Everyone knows Black Cat is like his number right. three greatest mm-hmm. love interest. Number I almost two. said number, number two because I forgot about Gwen Stacy. Um, I number three.
0: I I. I am not 70 years old, so I don't care about Peter and Gwen dating.
2: I, I read Spider Man Blue. That's the only reason I care about Peter and Gwen Stacy. Okay,
0: Never. yes. But, but hold on. Hold on. How old's Jeff Love right now?
2: <laughs> True. So, anyways, I love the idea, but 616 Peter has dated like Mockingbird. Mm. And that's it. And mm-hmm. at that point, like, he went on a
0: bad get... date with Ms. Marvel once.
2: <laughs> Captain Marvel.
0: <laughs> no, she was Ms. Marvel at the time.
2: She was Ms. Marvel at the time. But I just we got a because was, of the teenage
0: Yeah, fair enough. Yeah.
2: yeah. Good call. Good yes. call, Tony. And so this does the whole idea of Peter dating a superhero so well. That it's it's one of those that it's like, okay, I get at the time this couldn't blend over into the 616 universe because Peter and MJ were married at this time mm-hmm. still. But why, ever since there's been the editorial preference, has the only superhero he's dated been Mockingbird? And that was when Dan Slott coasted for the last year and a half of his run. That's because all Spider-Man fans, here's the thing, and Tony...
0: I say this with love.
2: Oh, I oh and I know love. what you're about to say, and I don't disagree with you, but go.
0: Spider Man fans are the worst and yell so much about <laughs> Mary Jane so much all the time that anytime that you have anything that doesn't have that in a story about these fictional people, they get very, very mad. So and, I assume anyone who tries it gets summarily slapped down and said, This is a bad idea. Don't. You're, yeah. You're, you're and, messing with the
2: wrong people. And I think. Dan Slott, at the best part of his run, could have done it and done it without the backlash. But yes, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right.
0: So,
1: Oh,
2: no, wait. What's Carly Cooper up to nowadays? she have superpowers? I bet she does. She did for a while. I don't know if she still does. Was she a Venom? She was a Goblin. She was a Goblin, goblin. for a little bit. Okay. Yeah. What,
0: I knew but, it was one of them.
2: This is great because there's parallel, parallel thoughts and dialogue between the two. And then... Kitty just works up the guts to call him because Jean Grey scrapes Peter Parker's phone number. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. She scraped his identity when all the Wolverine jump the shark thing happened. And okay, Kitty, to be fair, they called information to get his phone number, which is again so two thousand three, two thousand
0: four. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's great, and they're a cute they're a cute couple. It's a fun it is a fun twist, and I do think that she becomes a good cast member for ultimate peter parker for the longest time especially because frankly ultimate x-men was a little busy they had a lot going on yep. maybe bendis can take take one of his favorite characters and throw her into this book
1: well we've yeah. already established that bendis loves crossing over his characters between his books loves right? it so we're seeing that happen here um you just heard me belly aching in the last story about the decompressed conversations here i think it absolutely works it's good dialogue. You know, there is this really great four-page thing where it's the phone call of Kitty actually calling, two-page spread of, you know, the two of them having their conversation. It's kind of jilted and uncomfortable, but also like, wow, this is this is great. And then you get this great like page afterwards where both of them are just kind of silently like enjoying the moment after they hang up. It feels genuine it feels based in like real human emotion um, where a lot of what we were seeing in that last arc did not Um, so yeah I I really enjoyed
2: this where I said in some places I I think I said this in some places that previous arc was Bendis at his his worst this Mm -hmm. very similar dialogue cadence is very similar methods of speaking back and forth but it works so well because it feels like teenagers Twitter pated with each other and, and in love
1: with each other. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I, I enjoyed this a lot more. Um, I think the art has a lot to do with that too. Um, Mark Brooks is bringing kind of a cartoony sensibility to this that, um, I think it works in the style of ultimate Spider-Man and, and works with Mark Bagley's style, so that it doesn't feel out of place um, in yeah. terms of the storytelling of this book. So yeah, I yeah. think I think this works in a lot of the ways that the the last arc didn't. Um, and you know it shows an evolution of uh, you know what Bendis is capable of right? you know, it, in terms of having these these drawn out conversations and whether they they feel natural or not. I
2: think the biggest problem with this is that there's some weird outdated, Slightly outdated slang, and then some Yiddish. I think that I don't recognize. I think it's Yiddish. I'm not entirely sure. It might have been weird slang that I've also never heard of before. It was,
0: it was definitely Yiddish because this was this was Bendis writing Spider Man, and that's true. Kitty Pride,
2: mm-hmm. that's true. Um, and and then that second to last page, where it's said where the email, and I sent this to Adam before we recorded, where it said. We made Yahoo and my brain oh. has been so disconnected <laughs> because Yahoo has not existed as an entity for me outside of my email address for, for years that I just went, is that like a 2004 version of we made whoopee, but the G rated like what? <laughs> and then I was like, Oh wait, Yahoo, the news service. Oh, yeah. okay. But I
0: still know people who use Yahoo news because they've been using it every single day. My goodness. They are just used to it. By the way, Yahoo oh. News still going on. Uh, they do want to know what Americans think about recent SCOTUS decisions.
1: Oh, how nice of Yahoo News to be up on up on what's going on. It, and also
2: another thing that dates this Napoleon Dynamite cam,
1: cameo. Oh, Did the yeah. You catch there's a vote. There's a vote for Pedro T-shirt. It, right? it, it is. And it it's, it's, John it's John Heater. It's <laughs> John Heater
2: wearing the vote for Pedro.
0: <laughs> y'all I don't know if you were in high school during 2004 but I can tell you very explicitly that shirt was around
2: <laughs> there were people Zach, wearing it <laughs> you you have to remember that's the area that I'm from oh. it was oh, uh, it's right nuts. This is like Tony Thornley, like Napoleon Dynamite, (laughs) was basically what my small town that I was raised in was like, and the small town that it's set in was only thirty minutes
1: away. I have family still living there. Amazing. So you're saying are they bitter about that movie? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, they they embraced it. They love it. Oh, good, good,
0: good for them. They wake up to Candide
1: and they go to the polls and vote for Pedro as a write-in. I like that. I did
0: (laughs) watch Napoleon Dynamite within the last six months <laughs> me and my wife put it on and we were like actually you know what no this
1: this is pretty good i like it this is, yeah
2: it's pretty great
1: it actually I like this. is there's someone it's... listening right now going i hate that
2: movie
1: oh because so
0: <laughs> i believe it was netflix when they were starting their recommendations like trying to build their algorithm for what people like mm-hmm. napoleon dynamite specifically gave them a huge amount of trouble because it was such a polarizing love it or hate it movie. Oh. And there was not a great correlation between if you love this, you will love Napoleon Dynamite. (laughs) It very much was an outlier in everything they were trying to do.
1: That's really funny. They couldn't figure it out. So I definitely like this more than the ultimate uh, run, but I I don't know if it's as good as the all new. Uh, What are we thinking? I would say this is probably the best we've talked about tonight.
0: I think it's the best one we talked okay. about.
1: Okay, all right, then that means that we are going up to. We're, we're above three sixty. Yeah. All right. Well, how high do we want to go here, guys? Um, this is not as good.
0: So at three thirty four, we have germ free generation in New X Men, and then there's some other stuff right there. This is this is not as good as that. How about yeah. X Force? I think
1: we're. I think we have the right realm. X Force negative mm-hmm. one, Zach. I know you're a big fan of that. Or I am worse. a
0: big fan of X-Force Negative 1. Better or worse? It's worse than X-Force Negative mm-hmm. Better than 340, which is US Avengers 10 through 12 Cannonball run.
1: Okay. All right. I um, don't know.
0: How you, How do you feel? I think I know what the answer should be, but I just need to ask it for posterity. How do you feel compared to Uncanny X-Men 114 to 116 to
2: save the
1: Savage Land? Tony, that's John Bern arc. What do you think? Better or worse?
2: Uh, that's a uh, Claremont Byrne I haven't read yet, so I couldn't okay. say.
1: I would give hey, Tony.
0: T- Tony, I gotta tell you, I keep giving you recommendations. Also, that one's pretty good.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, That that's that's on the to be read. That is definitely <laughs> on the to be read.
0: I, I don't have complicated feelings about John Byrne. I think he kind of sucks as a dude. He drew some really pretty comics for a while. Yeah, true. That is both, very true. I hold both truths as self-evident.
1: I would say, as a piece of uh, writing, especially—and this is no shade to Mark Brooks—I think that this is a better story than yes. That's that Savage Land. What do you think, Zach? Fine, we can put it under X Force minus one. I got what I wanted out of this. All right, great. So this is our new three thirty-nine, and uh, this is three
0: thirty-nine.
1: I think we did a nice job. You know, Peter
0: and Kitty go on a date. It's great. People ah. are like, Bendis has Kitty date all these people. Nah, no, Bendis just has Kitty in all his books. That's true. That's true. And he has all of his characters date other people. Like, this is just a thing that happens.
2: He writes yeah. them as human beings. That's what he does. Yeah. Kitty Pride
0: makes bad decisions with her dating life. Consistently. <laughs> Especially with guys all named all Peter. This. Yes. Constantly with guys named Peter. Yes. Very funny every time that it happens. <laughs> Honestly, I love it so much. Uh, and I loved having you on, Tony. Thank you so much. If people want to check sure. out what you've got going on, what do you got going on? Y-
2: you know, don't perceive me um but great I, welcome to the club like zach said i write i write for comicsxf.com and comic
1: and otherwise don't perceive me
2: <laughs> love that adam what do you got going on
1: uh folks can always follow me on twitter if it works uh at Stacy and on instagram at adam.rec uh, never try and find zach online and zach what do we got going on next week well, Adam, in a stunning turn of events from earlier
0: today, when uh, <laughs> we, made we, we made up our minds before the we made up our minds. That's not what we're doing next week. Uh, in fact, we are doing stories
1: about everyone's favorite Welsh mutant, Pixie. Oh, OK. Oh, we called an audible. I thought we were doing something uh, We else. didn't
0: call an audible. I looked at the dates on the list again.
1: Great. OK. And
0: I follow the list so hard.
1: I like it. I like it. So we're talking about Pixie. Pixie. Alright. I'm
0: not even gonna try a Welsh accent because frankly, I
1: I wouldn't know where to start. No, let's let's not. Let's it, not.
2: It would offend someone in the United Kingdom.
0: Okay, yes, but hold on. Yeah. That's I- like that's still in the acceptable realm. It'll be a fun time. We're all looking forward to it. But until then, folks, this has been Bally Adam. We hope you survived the experience.
2: Get it!